Welcome to the Cups of Consciousness show. I am Alea Dow, your host. I'm a doctor of oriental medicine, a sound healer, the author and founder of the Seven Cups of Consciousness. I have produced nine sound healing albums and have recorded over 2,000 meditations online. I am an energy practitioner and help people shift their consciousness using their energetic fields. And this show is all about using your energetic fields to shift your consciousness as well as exploring energetic concepts that help you create a more empowered and connected life. This episode is an energetic session that explores concepts, energetic practices, and protocols that are similar to a prayer, which help you transform particular aspects of your life. When you listen, recognize that some part of you is using your energetic fields to shift your vibration, which in turn shifts your consciousness, your behaviors, your beliefs, how you react and respond. You might even go into an altered state, so use caution if you're driving or doing something that requires a focused mind. With all of this work that I present, remember that it is your energy shifting you in your own unique way. That way you stay in control and empower with your process. So take a deep breath in, pull yourself into your line of light, and explore your inner terrain in a safe and supported space. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Seven Cups of Consciousness podcast with me, Alea Dow, and today Jenna Wilson is joining us. Jenna, welcome. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Jenna, you and I have known each other for a very long time, and I would love to have people know a little bit about your backstory and how you came to be a Seven Cups of Consciousness practitioner. It's a really fun story and a really fun time in my life to think about. So thank you for asking that. I discovered your work through a friend that I was in a women's group with. Um, And it was one of those first kind of like group classes slash coaching containers that's so popular now. Um, But back in 2010 or 11, it was literally on the phone. We had a call-in number And it was maybe a dozen women calling in. Um, It was led by a Reiki practitioner and it was called Soulmate School. And each of these women were doing work to intentionally meet their soulmate. And so that's really kind of where my life was at was intentional work, um, self-growth, self-discovery, wanting to meet a partner and this friend that introduced your work um, continues to be a really close friend and your work continues to be an amazing um, thread of growth and discovery in my life. So that's how it started. (laughs) And I remember meeting you, I think you came in person to Santa Barbara or had my office in Santa Barbara, Carpinteria. And you didn't have a partner at the time. You didn't have a child. I think that you were in midwifery. Were you doing a bit of that? Yes. Um, Not a bit, but immersed in it. I think you'd done your training um, as a midwife and starting your practice in Santa Barbara. And then from that work that you did of calling in the beloved, the sacred soulmate school or coaching, you ended up meeting your partner. I did. I did. That's a big story. So I'm going to breathe into that. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the work that we did together 
kind of put me in this place to meet this beloved and our work together that we did was really instrumental throughout that process. Um, and I did, I met this man at a homeless dinner. Like it was a, a rescue mission, um, dinner for the homeless the day before Thanksgiving. So it was, it was, I mean, it's a incredible, like magical meet cute love story. Um, and a really divine partnership. And we were together for a year and got pregnant and got married. And um, then when my son was 15 months old, my husband was um, killed in a flying accident. Um, so very unexpected, very traumatic a huge turn it's like everything was was perfect or moving in this direction of fullness and then this huge radical loss in your life that was like beyond upending devastating beyond yeah a a lot of people I know who experience this type of loss use the word shattered and that that resonates um physiological shock, you know, kind of emotional shock and grief. Um, I mean, I felt like I was grieving for three, like actively, you know, obviously everyone around me was having their own experience of grief, but I was experiencing the loss of my partner. I was kind of experiencing and processing the loss kind of like for my son, like the father of your child. Yeah, exactly. And then even for my husband um, and just kind of knowing, knowing us personally kind of gives a tone of like this profound loss. And the fact that my husband didn't think he was going to meet someone so like young and vibrant and like ready to have his baby. He thought his ship had sailed um, for having a baby. And so he was over the moon and just thrilled to be a dad. And we really were um, a really happy family. And so to have that just ripped away so suddenly um, was a lot. And it took you years, years to reshift. It's like you had to reinvent how you were in the world. And then also to like grieving the whole piece of like, okay, no longer um, a co-parent, but now single parent. And yes, father, angel father, but not there helping with laundry and bedtime and stories. And you went through this incredible transformation inside yourself that not that you weren't deep before you've always been very deep and very wise and very kind and very thoughtful, but it's like that incredibly challenging traumatic situation took it to a whole nother level of depth in your core. That's really profound. And so now when I watch you working with people, you're able to meet them in such a deep place. And I think that that's the challenge of when we go through such a traumatic experience and a trauma and a loss it draws it it forces us to drop into a core that we might not have even known existed before. 
Absolutely. Like everything is stripped away that we kind of like construct around us as far as like reality and coping and, oh, I'm safe because I have a husband. I'm safe because whatever that may mean of those external things. And when all of that falls away, all that's left is that vertical hookup. And I think that's why I'm so grateful to have known your work and been working with you previously as I had some of those tools already. And then some of the work that we did um, very soon after the accident just brought it to a whole new level and um, kind of brought meaning to the loss and a way to make the most of it, so to speak. But, But really what I mean is like, mine the deep gems of growth that are available in these experiences. Um, And it might be like making meaning to it as like a form of coping. Some people might be like, well, yeah, sure. You can, you can put meaning on anything. Um, And yeah, maybe that's part of it, but if it helps, why not? (laughs) Right. I mean, at the same time, like in, in putting the meaning on certain things that might be true or not true, always the, that core purpose of the work is amplifying an even stronger energy inside self. And so I I think you might've done that consciously or unconsciously of really getting this incredibly strong core from that experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then like those, that veil between kind of the 3D human world and the spirit realm has gotten much thinner for me personally. I mean, I had some really profound experiences of connecting with my husband um, afterwards, even like three days after the accident, I had an experience of feeling like I was supporting his soul releasing from his body because it hadn't yet because sometimes that happens when people you know do that transition quick and unexpected it's trauma can happen like in that you know a stuckness there too and I just was guided in a really profound way um to facilitate his release and it was facilitated by like an animal synchronicity too. Um, like I have this tattoo of geese because a chevron of geese flew over me and a group of people um, outside the funeral home where my husband's body had just been transported to. We had just said a prayer for us as grievers, excuse me. And then I added like, and be with him, like help him in this transition. And then heard geese honking (laughs) as they flew over. And I said, take him with you. And I experienced like a physical kind of like uplifting of energy um, and felt felt a completion of that transition. And so I think one of the things that I've learned through that and a, and a couple of other kind of like ritualistic, <clears throat> excuse me, things that 
I was called to do in those few months. Um, I almost said postpartum because that's my midwife brain, but post loss um, is to really meet what's happening and, and move into what's being called for and find ways to like, yeah, churn it um, into that next phase that's being called for. Um, so that's really rather than, yeah, go, no, go ahead. All right. Yeah. Rather than like the resistance, um, you know, or like, oh, I wish he had could come back or why me? Like the questions and the suffering mindset, there's just something about kind of like my soul wisdom and like constitution, I think that really is oriented towards the growth mindset. Um, so and that's staying so yeah. connected, right? Like, so as you're talking, I'm like watching your process and, and when we grieve, we lose that thread of connection. And so by being so present with his transition and helping him go over, it's like you maintain that thread of connection. And so I don't want to say it was like an enlightened grieving experience, but a very conscious connected grieving experience where you constantly were mindful of maintaining that thread. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that thread of connection with the spirit realm has informed my continued grieving experience because I'm six and a half years post loss and it continues to be a process. And I I do continue to kind of churn through layers and admittedly like lose the connection at times and kind of like get stuck in the like phone scrolling and you know not so enlightened um activities and yet knowing that that thread is there I can constantly come back to it and kind of like almost like stitch the next layers because as I kind of like spiral through that evolution um, is what so, it feels like. I have a question for you. So with that, like we're talking about like that thread of connection and, and grieving, and I have this theory or um, concept of we use remembering and forgetting as a mechanism to cultivate a stronger state of connection. And so like every time we yeah. forget, we remember to a greater degree than before. And so when you're in those moments of forgetting, and then you recognize, oh, I'm forgetting that connection phone scrolling, looking for connection externally. Um, yeah. we, all do, we all do it. Do you, when you reestablish that state of connection, do you experience a connection like the same, more, less? What's your experience around that? Absolutely more. And I'm kind of like giggling inside because I had a profound experience of this in the last 24 hours with the full moon um, and the tall cups that you just did, I was really kind of like integrating those pieces. Um, and I had intended to take a ritual bath last night and kind of do some work in the higher realms. And I literally got stuck on my phone scrolling for 90 minutes. Um, and then it was kind of like too late and I went to bed. And I woke up um, at four o'clock this morning, kind of like feeling like it's time to be awake. And yet I was like, oh, no, not quite. 
but I had these crystals cleansing in some salt water. And I was like, oh, maybe it's time to go put those out. I, I was intending to do like a crystal grid around my house. And then um, I fell back asleep. There was like a an interesting like wave of grieving. I woke up crying about being a widow, wow. um, which hasn't happened in a real long time, but it was almost like a fresh like newness. And then when I woke up at like 6.30 with my alarm and it was like time to get up, it was like almost like because I had lost grip of that thread I was like here we go <laughs> like crystal grid it's on <laughs> and I throttle. took those crystals and I went outside in like the you know early morning light and I I laid those crystals out along the perimeter of my property with like full intention um and just trusting that divine timing. So at long answer, short, yes, <laughs> I do feel like it's that, yeah, kind of like boomerang effect. The intensity, the intensity when it's like, oh, where's the connection? Because if we, if we haven't experienced that deep, profound connection inside ourselves, then it's hard to yearn for it. It's also yes. hard to have a reference point of what you're wanting to attain. You know, there's something but you might not know those like inner steps of how to yeah. get it. And I think yeah. that that's the hardest, one of the hardest aspects of like one more highly sensitive, empathic, energetically aware. And we have an experience that is incredibly fulfilling, profound, weepy, grateful. Then we integrate it. And then we perceive that we're going back to the mundane and the mundane becomes almost unbearable because it's it's a, in a state of asleep or we could look at it from like a place of integration and so in that passion excitement joy what is it in your life that really fires you up that you are super super excited about at this point in time the stage in your life mm -hmm. oh, I love thinking about that um ritual actually is a big one um, and creating a sacred space to connect with myself and that vertical connection. That's such a core principle of your teaching. Um, and sacred space just intrinsically is connected to nature for me. Um, a fun fact that I'll just kind of weave in. And I think one of the interesting layers of how your work has resonated with me so much is the first cassette tape I ever bought for myself when I was 12 years old was on vacation in Cape Cod in Massachusetts and it was um songs of humpback whales wow <laughs> and I listened to that it was 30 minutes on each side and I had one of those like little yellow sport walkmans and I would listen to it over and over and over and weep because their songs were so beautiful. Um, and so there's a, there's a long standing connection for me with nature and I'm in the mountains right now um, in Western North Carolina, but there are woods nearby and water 
Um, And so connecting with nature really lights me up. And doing that with my eight-year-old son, actually, he's almost eight, um, really lights me up too, because his wonderment um, at the world and just like his soul blueprint is like enthusiasm off the charts um and so experiencing new things with him is just precious and priceless and brings me into a state of presence and that kind of like complete connection that yeah we can do in meditation we can do in ritual um but also is always available in those everyday kind of I hesitate to use the word mundane because like doing adventure things with my son doesn't really feel mundane. Um, But it's like going for a hike can be incredibly magical. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So bringing, yeah, bringing magic and wonder um, into everyday things. Like he, we were getting ready to go to camp this morning and he was on the porch just a moment ahead of me. And he said, mom, come here quick. And I went out. He's like, that butterfly is eating on the morning glories. And we just like stood there and spent a moment watching the butterfly drink the nectar from the morning glories. Like doesn't get much better than that. No, that's so precious. That's so precious. I love that. Well, there's just a little bit more time. I'm loving my time with you. Um, and I definitely want to to have people know how to get in touch with you. But one last question. If you think about the seven cups of consciousness and how they resonate with you, what kind of comes to mind with that that aspect? Mm. The first thing that comes to mind is that vertical hookup and the incredible potency of acknowledging ourselves as spiritual beings and the infinite resources that are available there. Um, So there's like incredible trust and like fulfillment in the self and yet there's also like an intrinsic kind of like connection and almost like surrender to a higher power too that just feels like a really um kind of like balanced way of being like I have everything I need in me and I can tap into these outer vertical resources um for when I need things and ask for it and trust that it will come in divine timing. Beautiful, beautiful. And with everyone listening and all of your wisdom, all of your experiences, your transformation that you've gone through, what is it that you would like to share with our audience that they could hold in their hearts that help them in their journey? Mm. One thing that I've learned through loss and knowing that there's like a spiritual life beyond this is like fearlessness. Like there is nothing to fear in this life. It's the one we get in this body. So that can make the stakes feel high, (laughs) 
but it's also just like a blip in our soul evolution and we're doing the best we can compassion when it feels like we're not doing it right or we were acknowledged with making mistakes and like power forth knowing that you are held in such divine love and light and what's important is not this 3D existence it's not what's in your bank account it's not you know are you getting the next promotion at your job those are distractions <laughs> um and what's important is that soul evolution that is inevitable like you can't go through this life and not grow even just a little bit and that that's like all you can hope for. That's so profound. That gives me total goosebumps. Like when you said the fearlessness and like that energy packet of like, live fearlessly. Yeah. So yeah. Beautiful. There's amazing beauty waiting for us on the other side. And if you don't fear death, then there's really nothing to fear. That's one of the biggest um, lessons that my late husband has passed on to me. Very true. That's beautiful. And we thank him. Yeah, and you, thank you, Matt. and you yeah. for your depth and your wisdom, and share with us a little bit about how people can find you, connect with you, work with you more. Absolutely. Well, I am thrilled to be a Seven Cups of Consciousness Master Practitioner. So I am on your website. The link will be on this page where you're listening, um, and there's a breakthrough session available where you can just get to know my work a little bit one-on-one -on -one, um, and then you can book a full session on those that page as well and can't wait to connect thank you so much jenna for joining us and sharing your incredibly profound story mm, thank you i love connecting with you in any way it happens <laughs> thank you all so much for joining us have a beautiful day You have been listening to the Cups of Consciousness show with me, Alea Dow. Receive a free month of the Cups of Consciousness. Go to sevencupsofconsciousness.com. When you get your free month, you will get five cups a week for four weeks. You'll also receive access to a live tall cup of consciousness session. Feel free to review the show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Aho. Oh.